All right. I just wanted to take a moment before we started the show to apologize for the audio on my side of this conversation. It appears I had the audio going through the laptop instead of the microphone and the board. So many apologies. I'll try to make it not happen again. Anyways, Tatiana is at her best when she's all riled up. So without further ado, here is Tatiana Morose. episode of rebel with a cause i am your host eric and joining me today tatiana morose how's it going hey how's it going <laughs> all things considered it's it's not too bad <laughs> i guess it could could be worse out there yeah it's definitely a, a little bit of a different time than usual <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh it's been kind of crazy um i think uh for for most of the country i think this uh quarantine uh, silliness is about to end. Uh, how'd you make it through? I mean, I'm not sure that it's about to end cause I'm in New Jersey. So from mm. what I understand, New York isn't opening up until May 15th. I suspect that they're not going to open up New Jersey until May 15th as well, but I just posted on Twitter. Maybe somebody from the hive mind can let me know since going to the website is kind of confusing sometimes. I don't know. It's weird how, how news has become so, uh, you don't even know where to turn at all anymore. Even for something as simple as when the heck is this, uh, you know, whole thing going to be over? Yeah, really. It's uh, it's been kind of crazy. Like um, the the media with this whole thing has just been talking out both sides of their mouth. You know, the first thing they tell us is like, oh, well, wearing a mask isn't going to help. And then it was like, what, a week later? There's like, yeah, please put a mask on. Doesn't really matter what material it's made out of. You know, just right. as long as you're not coughing and breathing on people. And, you know, common sense would dictate, like, if you're sneezing and coughing on to, on to services where this, you know, virus lives and you're touching it and then putting your hands on your face, yeah, probably wearing a mask would definitely cut down on that. But uh, I don't know. Telling everybody to stay inside for extended periods of time. They're not going out and getting sunlight. And we all know vitamin D definitely helps out. So, well, I, I just made a tweet about that earlier today, just about, you know, just the simple thing of vitamin D. And obviously we're seeing the fallout of this idiotic idea. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really buying it anymore. At first I was self-quarantining. I think it's good to be cautious, but it doesn't appear that the deaths are nearly as many as they had imagined. And this has turned into nothing but a big money grab. So I don't care about the disease anymore. I mean, I kind of care course i don't want people to get sick don't get me wrong i think people should be cautious how they are in their everyday life but this doesn't even seem to be more prevalent than the flu so i know a lot of people freak out when they hear that but the deadliness figures that i have been seeing compared to the deaths from the flu are actually lower so no matter what i mean this isn't the plague that's taking over the entire world we're not all gonna die and certainly we're seeing already the bad effects of what's going on i mean 22 million people and counting on unemployment. And I know that I just went onto the PPP thing. You know, there's a business loan 
and uh-huh. uh, we've been trying to apply for something around that, but uh, they're just giving out that money in a very strange way. It's going to their friends. It's not going to all the small businesses <laughs> at all. And I mean, I guess that can be expected, but it's really shocking when you just see it so blatantly where the government's picking winners and losers and it's very scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's pretty crazy. And we even saw this, uh, under Obama, like the, uh, the small business, uh, what was it? Association tried suing the government a couple of times because they were trying to get in on some government contracts and, uh, the type that would only go towards small business, but they would lead, uh, read uh, Lockheed and uh, Boeing as small businesses, you know, because a subsidiary of theirs had less than 500 employees. You know, it's <laughs> that kind of silliness. So they're definitely picking winners and losers. And uh, the other day when oil dropped to negative 40 for a barrel, you know, it, it's definitely shaping up to be, all right, well, we're just going to plunge everything and we'll start buying up stuff, pennies on the dollar and everything. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think the, uh, the virus has gotten a little bit overblown as for what it is. And, um, you know, unfortunately we have a, uh, a parasite class that calls themselves politicians that sit on top of everything. So, but, uh, it's all, all pretty crazy. And I can't, I can't even imagine up in the Northeast how crazy things have been because uh, up there you've got people on top of people, you know, down here, it's a little more spread out. So even some of the States were saying, well, look, we don't have the, population density that New York City or Los Angeles has, you know, we don't need to be under quarantine. Please, you know, take all precautions if you go out in public wear, you know, nitrile gloves and a mask or whatever. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's been a little bit overblown and definitely used um, uh, as a uh, as a measure of, it's like, oh, well, we can get this done and this done and this done. So let's uh, let's go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to end up seeing how this goes. And I've been very surprised at how willing people are to give up their civil liberties and just kind of take it. I'm glad to see people pushing back. I'm not advocating for violence, obviously, but I do want to see some kind of pushback, right? I mean, why can't people go and protest? Uh, It's absurd. And as we've seen, you know, all around the world, they're taking these harsh precautions to keep people inside. Um, In India, not only are they beating people, but they're making them write 500 times, like, I will not spread coronavirus, like like some kind of stupid phrase, like it's a Bart Simpson cartoon. And so (laughs) I was just shocked to see the overreach, uh, which I guess I shouldn't be that shocked. But, you know, I mean, these guys are all on a power trip and the whole thing is basically destroying the world. And you have to wonder who's benefiting and did this really just happen as an accident? I mean, I think the conspiracy theories are in full effect right now. And I had actually just watched uh, the Oklahoma bombing movie called A Noble Lie. I've still got 40 minutes left. And then I had seen The Secret Life of Timothy McVeigh uh, that uh, James Corbett had put out. And, you know, I, I never really followed what happened with that. It was before my time with the Oklahoma City bombing. But it's just incredible how much evidence there is. And then... Right on the heels of that, you have 9-11, which remains very much a question mark in history. You know, obviously the official story is ridiculous, so nobody believes that that has any sense. Um, So I don't know. Now that we have, you know, the ID 2020 event in September, the um, event 201 in October, and then the advent of the coronavirus that they had event 201 in order to protect and to prepare for. 
you know, let's say that was just an innocent little exercise, right? A little, a little, you know, practice for a pandemic. The way that it's been handled doesn't appear that they've been practicing. You know, like, okay, great. You guys had a practice session, but what did you learn? Because so far you're not doing a very good job. So I don't know. I mean, there's a huge transference of wealth and I don't know. I mean, I think it's leaving a lot of question marks in people's minds, you know, like what is going on? Are, are the conspiracy theorists that crazy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we get told all the time that, uh, look, if you have any, uh, anything that goes counter to what the mainstream media or what the government has told you, you know, uh, James Corbett likes to poke fun at this all the time with the shut up conspiracy theorists. Uh, it's just like a throwaway line just to try and stifle any kind of debate that goes on. Uh, and sometimes it, when I see things coming out of the government or the mainstream media, I was like, okay, well, that's the official conspiracy theory from the government. Because <laughs> to me, they're the biggest conspiracy theorists of them all. You know, 19 hijackers armed with box cutters. You know, uh, and then this, I'd say uh, uh, somebody was eating a bat in a wet market in China, and that's how it spread. Well, what do you think will happen with this hack that just happened? You know, the neo-Nazi hack, which is also absurd. (laughs) They're saying it's a neo-Nazi hack just to scare people. Whereas I think people have a lot of questions about the World Health Organization, about Gates, um, about all those different organizations involved that were hacked. But I haven't (laughs) seen any interesting tidbits or anything. I want to know. I want to know some juicy stuff, but I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, the the alleged neo-Nazi hack... uh, Living here in the South, I've met quite a lot of white supremacists. Uh, to say that they are hackers is uh, a little bit of a gross misunderstanding of their capabilities on a computer because most of the ones I've met aren't very intelligent. But uh, <laughs> How many white supremacists do you know? Because I've always thought that that was a little bit overstated. People are very, you know, this is a great way to stifle dissent is to call somebody a white supremacist. Who the hell wants to be called that? But yeah. how many do you know? I mean, I know you're in the South, but are you saying that the uh, that this is yeah. true? You know, all the all the rumors. Yeah, most of the ones that I've ever met, they're they're all boomers because uh, and it's generational. They just grew up that way. Um, and, and even oh, so the they're not like, supremacists. They're just a little yeah. bit like Southern racist, but nothing yeah. crazy. Okay, because you got to be right. careful. You can't call people supremacists. That's a lot. It's yeah. a big insult. Yeah, it's it's completely ridiculous. And uh, while I was sitting there reading the story, I was like, okay, well, it, some of it got posted into 4chan and 8chan, and I know how the news media works. So everybody that I disagree with and I don't like is a white supremacist on 4chan. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it because I was like, okay, well, slash poll, uh, from what I can see, there's a bunch of shit posters in there that just post things just to get the lulls from the uh, – from the normies and that's what they use. And now to, now to be honest, there, there's a lot of them in there that, you know, kind of scare me, but uh, yeah, just to say that it was neo-Nazis that hacked this web server. I, I doubt it. These are probably people that spearfished, got a password, and then they were able to get into the entire network that way. So, and it, I have no like, idea how they did it. Um, I'm just waiting for some juicy stories. That's all. The the technicalities yeah. don't really affect me in any way. I'm just wondering, you know, what's the story? Was there really a bat? Is this HIV? I mean, there's a lot of very good, um, I don't know, pushback in terms of some doctors that are speaking against the virus. Not saying that it doesn't exist completely, but just really that it's been overblown, that it's causing all these other issues. 
Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a man-made virus. And this is a very convenient yeah. way to transfer over a bunch of wealth. And not only that, but start, you know, following people even more deeply. I mean, if you are a religious person, which I'm not, but yeah, I heard about the mark of the beast, 666, you know, <laughs> that the ID thing <laughs> sounds super scary, you know? Oh yeah. And they, they're definitely greasing us up for that because they had that employee uh, microchip party where everyone got in, uh, uh, injected with a microchip. And, you know, they got all happy, smiling faces and people can walk up to the vending machine and they can just swipe their wrist and get a pop, you know. That's disgusting. Great. They yeah, shouldn't be drinking great. soda anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely with you. I'm the no sugar, no grains guy. So, yeah, anytime I see somebody like drinking a Coke or a Pepsi, I'm like, no, just drink water. Well, have you ever seen those videos where they show what uh, Coca-Cola will do? You know, if you, you can wash silver with it, you can clean your toilet with it. I mean, it really cuts through all sorts of things. And I think to myself, can you imagine that in your stomach? That's horrible. That's not, that doesn't belong in there. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm glad yeah. I never dealt with that. But cookies, that's still in the, in, on the menu. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you can take a Coke and some uh baking soda and then remove corrosion from a, from a car battery. <laughs> the chances are it probably shouldn't be in your gut anywhere. But yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, that media distortions about diet too. Oh, don't even get me started. But yeah, this is uh, you know, I think um, one thing that's definitely opened my eyes was just how easy it was to cow people into staying home and not speaking up. And uh because you'll see people and they're like, well, why do you guys want to, you know, go out and go bowling again? I was like, well, you know, because, you know, humans are social animals. We like to be out with each other and seeing each other. And most of us are friendly. We like to handshake, give each other hugs and everything. And just because there's a virus doesn't necessarily mean I don't have the right to peacefully assemble. You know? Yeah, it's really wild just how many things were taken away in one fell swoop. It's it's really like a 9-11 uh, rights grab on steroids. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you think that yeah. people are going to continue to feel afraid of each other? I wonder how long this ruse will go because I, I think that a lot of people are waking up during this time. Yeah, there, there's definitely some of that. Um, it's like the other day I went to go pick up some prescriptions and I don't wear a mask or gloves in public because, you know, my body, my choice. and. I, I was definitely given like the stink eye for it because uh, everyone else has got their masks on and everything else. And uh, it was like one old lady who just kind of gave me the, the ugly looks and she goes, and then she was talking to her friend and she goes, and here's one without a mask on. I was like, Oh, it's like, Oh, it's going to be like that. Huh? <laughs> Do I have to yeah, start no, wearing it's... a scarlet letter saying, Oh, well, you know what? We're going to know what these people are like, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, this is going to be the, the, the new normal for some people, but I think some people are really going to push back against that. There's a lot of busy bodies though. There definitely has a lot of busy bodies. Um, that we can see that, uh, we just had that arrest with that Idaho mom who was at the park with her kids and she got arrested because they were playing at the park. How dare they? Uh, and then they, yeah. And then there was a, there was a protest right after that that showed up at the mayor's house. <laughs> You know, telling her that oh, wow. there's a little protest. Yeah, yeah, a little protest. It's like, hey, just let this woman go. You know, she wasn't doing anything to anybody. She's there with her kids. I mean, she wasn't out in public. She's going to be inside the house with them. Right. So what do you think is going to be the um, 
I don't know. Like, what do you think the next few months is going to look like? What do you think is going to be the fallout? And what do you think are solutions? Because here's the thing. We're doing this show, and and I really like how on Twitter you're always supporting other uh, liberty-based podcasts. But these social media platforms where we're essentially assembling are becoming not safe. First of all, I mean, they've always been spied on, right? But they're actually preventing us from seeing certain types of news. And if people are doing kind of protests, I mean, there was just a big article that they were going to prevent them from being able to do that on Facebook. Um, Where are we going to go and are we going to have enough time to move somewhere? I mean, are you on float, for example? Yeah, I'm on uh, float and I recently just started up Keybase, which is encrypted end to end. uh, And I really like that. Um, And then there's, um, you know, even Discord, you know, that's supposed to be for gamers talk about game stuff. And a lot of Liberty people are moving over to Discord and Mastodon and all the other like al- alternative platforms that maybe uh, don't have the Zuckerberg eye on them yet. So it's a, I, I think beating the algorithm is probably going to be the way to do it. And that's the reason why I get out there and I promote like all the friends podcast, uh, you know, yours included. Uh, I, I try to beat that algorithm, you know, try to get it as front of as many eyes as I can. And I've even been playing around with uh, hashtags on Twitter a little bit, trying to see what's going to gain attention uh, that maybe it's not in our echo chamber because Twitter likes to show you things that you've looked at similarly. And I've noticed that when I go to uh, do a retweet with comment or comment under a politician's thing i'll see like all of my friends comments underneath there but if i sign out and go to it then you just get it in order you know from uh the first one to the last one or from the newest first and uh then you don't see those same things so obviously they're monkeying with it there so i I think beating their algorithms is definitely going to be a step that we have to we all have to do that's the thing like how can you win a game where the rules are constantly changing that's what i'm saying to me i feel I don't know, just an impetus to maybe just think outside of this box because I just don't think this box is going to give us anything back for a long time. And I see all these people on Facebook having big fights and writing out 14 long page long you know, explanations of their viewpoints. And what's the point? The same hundred people see your stuff every day, no matter how many friends you have. Yeah, and if true. you start to accumulate an interest in something that's actually valuable, it's completely stifled. So what do we do? I mean- a lot of people have been moving over into the crypto space. Um, I just wonder if it's going to be fast enough. Uh, Bitcoin's going up today, which is which is nice, depending on what side of the <laughs> fence. If you're if you're trying to buy, it's not good. If you're trying to sell and stay alive during this scary time, I think it's it's positive. But I mean, I don't know if those networks are strong enough yet. Yeah, and uh, you know the crypto space, it's you know pretty much still in its infancy. It's only been around for like, what, 10, 11 years at this point. So I, I think the next five Is that years- that infancy? That doesn't seem infant- infantile to me. I don't know. It seems like kind of a- Well, I, I just kind of look at it as because the uh, most of the technology isn't uh, completely user-friendly now. If I, uh, it, you know, right before Bitcoin did that big run up to like 19,000, uh, whatever, I was getting asked by like, you know, old folks at the uh, Christmas party. I was like, so what's a Bitcoin? I was like, oh, oh, how am I going to explain this? You know, and then trying to explain it to him, you can just see, I was like, oh no, that's something new that the kids are doing and I don't need to, to know about it. But if they sat and actually used it, they would probably get it. 
and so far I, I haven't really seen a, a user-friendly platform enough to where even grandma can do it you know like uh, some of the phrases that you like to say so it, as, as far as all right, maybe infancy is probably the wrong word, but it's still kind of juvenile. You know, it's still a little kid, and we're trying. Yeah, to get we definitely it to grow need up. to. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to keep growing and stuff like that. But you know, actually, if you think about it, it's kind of interesting. There is no marketing company for Bitcoin. No, right? it's, it's been a, simply just people's inspiration. So any other project, I'm not even talking about a crypto project, but any kind of technology and stuff usually has a marketing department. We don't have anything. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin is probably the greatest success word of mouth advertising has ever done as far as i'm concerned because everyone just talks maybe about it's it. a maybe it's an mlm though <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's not a it's not a pyramid it's a funnel <laughs> but oh, i don't uh, know yeah. how that works <laughs> i was referencing an old episode of the office where uh michael scott was talking about not it not being a pyramid scheme he was talking about it being a funnel mm-hmm. and then uh jim come over and turn the drawing upside down it's like see pyramid <laughs> It was just a little funny reference there, but uh, I never saw The Office. I'm glad I didn't. I know that people really like it, but I don't know. The more I stay away from television, the happier I am. You know, the word programming has never been more. Oh yeah. Uh, apropos, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and the, a lot of, with the uh, The Office uh, that turned most people off. If they just like caught like a random episode. Number one, you don't know what the characters are. There's no laugh track, so you don't know if what they say is funny. And then a lot of the times, stuff like that will make you feel uncomfortable because we've all worked in an office environment, and we all know that one guy that acts like that. And we're all See, like, I haven't. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really worked in kind of stiff offices generally because I would work in recording studios and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. And I also don't want to think about being in an office ever. So I feel like yeah, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very lucky. Uh, it's like the only cubicle you've ever had to work in was a recording studio. So uh, I guess you could make yourself feel lucky on that one. But uh, yeah, that's it, the office is definitely not for everybody. It's uh, one of those where you do have to watch it from season one, episode one, all the way to the end in order to kind of get what's going on and what the characters are. It's like, I think catching like a random episode here and there, you're, you're just not going to feel the same. But uh, <laughs> And I feel like that uh, about it's always sunny in Philadelphia too, because those you can just drop in at any moment. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, those are always just going to be funny. Some of the best satire out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like I like that show. Um, but again, I mean, I feel like a lot of TV is also super violent. I mean, uh, now I just sound like a real old lady or something. But <laughs> Grandma Tatiana. Have, well, here's the thing, right? You've got all this terrible news out there. You're constantly yeah. bombarded with all these kinds of messages. I just don't know if the violence is helpful. I feel like it's scary. You know, there's actual real violence going on. And if you're following any of that pedo gate stuff, uh, that's a real scary rabbit hole. I just don't want to be scared when I'm being entertained. I don't find that yeah. entertaining. Yeah, that's anymore. true. And uh, uh, even in the 1950s, uh, there, w- there would be violent television shows, but you never saw a gore. Uh, if someone got shot, you know, they kind of grabbed where the were allegedly shot and they would just fall over. And the reason why they didn't do that was because they had an entire generation that just went to war. They saw it every day. And so they just didn't want to be reminded of it. So they just didn't show it for a long time. Um, and now, you know, there's folks out there who've 
been an actual real violence and that kind of stuff. It just seems like it just didn't phase him anymore. And now time for a break. Right here in the middle of the show, Harry Chussman out. Hey there, bartender. Yeah, what'll it be, pal? Well, if you could, give me directions to the nearest bar that handles Bigfoot, the road toad, a dog man even. The what and the who's it? Don't look at me with that tone of voice, young man. Look, I'm being serious. I ain't got a clue what the hell you're talking about. No, look, it's my roommate, Harry. Jesus, what you doing, rebel? What are you doing here? Trying to get information for the cryptid bar. This a friend of yours, pal? Yeah, sort of. I heard you talking to a cryptid bartender. Oh, yeah. Harley, the cryptid bartender. Um, not a real bar. What? It's promo time, isn't it? Uh, affirmative. Okay, folks, head on over to the cryptid bartender on Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. All right, Harry, let's get the fuck out of here. Adios, you weirdos. Hey, y'all, before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot porcupinepodcast.com. Because of the uh, wonderful job that Madison Avenue and Hollywood has given us with, uh, you know, taking over our brains and telling us to think in a certain way. And so you see the the violent TV and the the over-sexualization of of children and everything in in mainstream media, and it's, it's just disgusting. You know, I want to watch a, a movie or a TV show. I'd like to be entertained. Um, yeah, can there be violence? Yeah, okay, that, that's fine. It's just not something I'm going out of my way to go look for. And and sometimes you just look at it and it's like some of the stuff is just like way over the top. I can't even shut off my that side of my brain. I was like, well, you know, if that guy got hit with a shotgun right there, he wouldn't be flying back 20 feet. You're just kind of. You know, I just enter too much realism into it, and I just get taken out of uh, the suspension of disbelief. But uh, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, uh, it's everywhere, and it's definitely the the volume on it's been raised so much that people don't even hear it or see it anymore. A little bit desensitized to it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, um, things are changing. I, I do think some people are going to be waking up. What do you think is going to happen in the election? Do you think it even matters? I mean, do you pay attention anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as the election, I, I don't care. Um, that, I think the uh, Democrats trying to put out a uh, child sniffing uh, weirdo with uh, dement- early onset dementia. You know, he's pretty much just in that early them. onset. He's old. I mean, he's I, he's a very yeah. old candidate. Well, I was even uh, pulling up some speeches and everything that he'd done back in the 90s, you know, when he was like still in his uh, 40s and 50s. And you could tell stuff right there. There was definitely some warning signs, you know, and then that uh, you, you could take, just take a look at it. He was like, okay, well, I don't know what I just said just now, but I'm just going to kind of nervously laugh about it. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of stuff I, I think has been kind of brewing in the background. And uh, of course, back in the 90s, you know, the internet is not what it is today, where anyone can just pull up a clip right then and there and see whatever you want to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as trying to put that guy up there. I mean, he basically just ensured that Donald Trump was going to get reelected. You know, it's so to me, that's going to make, you know, no difference in my life. I just pretend like the government doesn't exist anyways. But uh, the only thing I really pay attention to is just my local elections because that will actually have an effect. It's like, okay, well, what taxes are, are the people planning on voting on today? 
you know, and down here in Louisiana, they've suspended elections until like uh, July until they get like some kind of electronic voter thing because of the virus scare too. So there's always stuff to look out for. Are there a lot of cases down there? Uh, New Orleans is kind of a hotbed because again, it's a densely populated center. Um, right. And Mardi um, Gras. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're even thinking that Mardi Gras may have been like a prime uh, breeding ground for it because just everybody was just packed on top of each other. It was right around the time it was supposedly going through the system. So, um, you know, and where I'm at, you know, population isn't as dense. Uh, my brother actually just got over it. He spent four days in the hospital. Wow. What test- was that about? How did that go? Is he a healthy guy? Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty healthy guy. Uh, he's got asthma. So we were a little bit worried about that. Spent four days in the hospital. Like at the height of it, he had like 103 temperature and could barely breathe. Oh, wow. That's uh, scary. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he came out of it and they finally gave him his test results after he came home. And it was like, yeah, positive. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, it's definitely a real thing. So. Well, it's interesting how, well, not just, of course, it's a real thing. People are definitely getting sick, but like, for example, didn't they do some tests in California and they found out that, you know, 40 or 50 times as many people had the antibodies that showed that they had the virus. So it sounds like it just affects certain people very badly, but otherwise it might even be something that's already super in the population. You know, I wonder, that's what I think it'll end up being if I had to guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh Rand Paul, he got tested positive for it, but he was asymptomatic. So he wasn't, you know, didn't have a fever, didn't have a cough, no runny nose. It was just found out that he was positive for it. You know, and there's cases like that too, where just you're going to have it, but you're just going to be a carrier for somebody else. So I had something real bad in January, you know, I wasn't hospitalized for it, but you know, it was a pretty bad, what I thought at the time was a pretty bad cold or whatever. But I think uh, December and January, I think it had already started moving its way across the world. And, uh, you know, you talk to some people, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was really sick in December. Yeah, I was as well. I remember being very ill and not being able to figure out what the heck was going on with me for a long time. I was like, this is a very unusual sickness. But who knows? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. Most people are not going to have to go to the hospital over it and you can't stop the whole entire world. I mean, I get that it's scary and it's bad or whatever, but give me a break. So is being unemployed for freaking, you know, two months or just what a lot of these people are going through. I mean, it's bananas. And I mean, I'm sure that you're aware of all the different studies that show how bad unemployment can be for people. There are huge spikes in domestic violence, um, in suicide and drug abuse and alcohol abuse. I mean, Spousal abuse, ugh, not yeah. good. I mean, yeah, this more, is one time in my life where I'm not particularly dying of starvation, and it's very nice. I feel very, very lucky that I don't have to be as scared as some other people. I can't even imagine. But that's the thing. Can you even imagine what it's like for other people? Because you can't even be around them to see what they're like. You can't have those conversations uh, that you would just have even in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely empathize. I've been unemployed for eight months before, you know, and that definitely takes a strain, especially when you're the sole breadwinner of the house. And uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Things get contentious real quick. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why people get divorced. But think about the, the worst compounded situation now that people have specifically because the job market's going to be totally screwed up for a while in such a massive way. And because there's so many people that are unemployed, 
I don't know, I think that it'll undercut the job market. But then if you have almost a UBI for people, which I don't know, I haven't heard anything specifically proposed around that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. You kind of ruin the incentive for people to work. So the whole thing is going to be backwards and businesses won't be able to get real world signals either. Yeah, that's uh, the market interventions on this are already starting to be felt. You know, we had oil at negative, you know, $40 a barrel the other day. Um, you're just handing out money from helicopters. And uh, yeah, that was a, uh, it was an insult a long time ago. It's like, well, you just can't toss money out of a helicopter and expect the economy to improve. But now he's like, oh yeah, no, this is a great idea. Let's just throw money out of, out of helicopters. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, it's pretty silly. But how do you tell people that? You know what I mean? Like I was oh, thinking yeah. about how, you know, I have music as, as my method of communication uh, of these kinds of messages a lot of times. But yeah. as I prepare to put out my fourth record, there's just no place to really, I don't know, I, I just feel really mystified by how do you even get something like that out there? The mainstream right. is never going to let some anti-state person come along. The best thing that they could do is, you know, some rage against the machine. But I mean, they're communists anyway. So I guess that's almost state approved rebellion because it's essentially enforcing their own policies that they want. Uh, but, you know, I, I just I don't know how that that message is supposed to get out there. And I wonder, I, I don't know. I think it's just like something you can endlessly speculate on. Like, wow, what's going to happen next? It's kind of exciting. Oh yeah, because there's necessarily a... in a good way, but maybe some I well no, that's not true. Because I think that there could be an evolution of mankind and also I think we could use a big shakeup. So, you know, like that hack, for example, if it actually results in anything, that could be great. You know, the Podesta leaks were devastating for the deep state. That was not good for them. Yeah, everyone got to find out what spirit cooking was all about. Right. You know? And and so wait, can we just <laughs> talk about Marina Abramovich for a minute? Because she's the worst creature on earth. First of all, in this... Um, That's saying in, a lot. Well, You know, a person yeah. named Hillary Clinton exists. So. All right. The worst artist on earth, okay? She's literally gotcha. demonic, you know, the chosen demons artist. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, she literally carves satanic pentagrams onto herself. She lets yeah. snakes crawl around on her. She paints on the wall with PM blood and poo. And she writes uh, weird verses that appear to be satanic as well. She also fake eats people and she's associated with uh, pedophilia. But somebody at the at Microsoft in the marketing department was like, you know who we should use for our next thing? This person would be a great brand representative. How about Marina Abramovic? Oh, the, the spirit cooking lady? Yeah, her. Nothing says Microsoft like spirit cooking. I mean, who, what? You know, and, and then it really gives credit to the idea that these people are Satanists and part of the whole occult thing is you're supposed to reveal what you're going to do. Right. Because that can be, to me, that sounds like a more palpable reasoning than somebody thinking, oh no, this chick is great. Nothing bad in her past. It should be a really clean, nice corporate image for us. I mean, why? And to call her also, I found it really disgusting to call her the, the greatest performance artist in the world. There are so many incredible artists out there. And that yeah. woman is just a devil. She's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I've seen some of the artwork, uh, you know, so, so supposed performance uh, art pieces. And you're like, uh, this isn't art. I, I guess to somebody it is, but, you know, this is not artistic in any kind of way. I mean, 
to me, it's like a, a morning shock jock. You know, I'm going to tell a really uh, off color joke and hopefully that I'll get some phone calls about it, about it. Um, but yeah, you're, you know, it's, you're right. They do have to kind of let you know what they're about to do before they do it. And because you can't read the same language that they read, you know, you don't really do anything about it. And I guess the, with that Podessa spearfishing uh, thing that happened, uh, we all kind of got a little, little glimpse on the inside of what goes on. Uh, especially with some of his paintings that he has in his house with, you know, uh, an old man mermaid and a little boy mermaid. You're like, it's like, something about this just no no he has well that that's the other thing you know how i get that they they tried to say that that pizza shop was no big deal and everything was fine i'm not buying that either i don't care what they have to say because if you look at their instagram they have horrible horrible images on there and i went down the rabbit hole and (laughs) there's this there's a hashtag um called come panda i saw i'm sorry to say it because it's so horrible yeah. But like I found out what that actually means and I had no idea and I don't even recommend that people find out because it's it's something that's like unspeakable. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, how is that allowed to go on for so many different Instagram posts? Didn't anybody over there while they had all these, you know, big profiles on the business, they didn't have a social media person saying, Hey guys, this might not be good for our brand. Can we take the the dick squirting out pizza pies off of here. I mean, it's bananas. And then if you look at the artwork that you're right, the Podestas are interested in, first of all, they have the Jeffrey Dahmer sculpture gold thing where it's positioned kind of like, you know, the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer after he ate them. And then you have these artworks where there's children. um, I mean, they're just being abused. There's just no other way to look at it and look at it and think something. I mean, their butts are red and they're sitting there with their hands tied behind their backs. I mean, what the freaking hell? It's really like yeah. upsetting to even talk about it. And and it's just so surreal that this is potentially going on. And as more time goes on, I think to myself, I don't know, David Icke was right. <laughs> you know, like all those really, really wild people. I mean, if you've seen David Icke's uh, London Real thing, and, you know, everybody makes fun of him because he's the guy with the lizard people, whatever. And it's yeah. easy to dismiss him because of that. But if you see him on London Real, he had two interviews. The first one was um, was about two hours, and then the second one was two and a half hours. And it was about um, the technology around cells that gets people blocked on socials. And then there was also about the virus. And I thought that what he had to say was really, really um, compelling, especially at the mm-hmm. end of the first interview, even though the second interview, I think, was more popular, the longer one. Um, but right. he was just talking about how this is all really a matter of our own uh, mental state and how we view the world, and that if we are not afraid because we own our minds, then we are truly free. And I think that there's something along that lines brewing. Um, And yeah, I'm really, really worried about the Gates Foundation. I don't think this is a coincidence that this happened. Sorry, not going to buy it from me. And people are waking up to all that pedo stuff. I mean, there's a ton of pedo movies right now uh, exposing this and people coming forward. And it's a disgusting and horrifying topic. But if we can't even protect children from this kind of stuff, I mean, CPS itself loses tons and tons of children. And there's facts around this if people want to look. But yeah. then you have the people that just can't open their eyes. And it's it's hard not to be angry at them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's tough. I'm a, I'm a father. I 
adopted two kids out of the foster care system. So yeah, I can, I can tell you some horror stories and not even the, the sexual stuff. I mean, just the, uh, just rampant kid abuse that goes on. And, uh, I can lay all of this at the feet of the, of the state. Uh, you've had nothing but Prussian education system foisted upon them at birth. Uh, everyone's got to sit in cemetery row seatings. We're not going to be taught how to critically think for ourselves. And, you know, we're going to force you to go to a school to hang out with kids that you wouldn't necessarily hang out with at home. Um, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing. The, the, the state has done a magnificent job of controlling people's minds and thoughts and actions, even down to the point where, you know, if I go out in public with no mask on, you know, get the stink eye and, uh, you know, it's going to be to the point where the Karens out there are going to be calling on everybody who's, uh, you know, husband and wife sitting on the same park bench together, but they're not six feet apart. It's getting, it's getting pretty ridiculous. And then at the same time, I look around at the Liberty community, which has grown by leaps and bounds. And yeah, maybe not everyone is, you know, to the point of anarchist voluntarist like I am, <laughs> but you know, they're all on their journey because they obviously know something's up and that community has just, it's gotten bigger and bigger. So I, I get a big smile on my face on that. But then I look around and you, you see the mountain that you still have yet to climb. And sometimes you get a little bit defeated at it, but uh, you know, I think we all need to keep our, uh, keep our heads on a swivel, watch out for each other. That well, type of thing. Absolutely. But also, I mean, that pain can be very good. You know what I'm saying? These struggles we should appreciate as well. If, yeah. if we can manage it. I mean, that's an easy thing to say when your struggles are, I mean, I don't know. I, I've definitely been doing a lot of personal growth and a lot of reflection and a lot of uh, difficult times associated with that. But um, I don't know. I think that if you kind of lean into difficult times, it can be very rewarding as well. And who knows how you're going to end up looking back on that time. Sometimes times that were extremely difficult, you look, look back on upon fondly. So I hate to see people getting worked up over what they think that they should be feeling when in reality, this could be a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, and when I was in the army, they got the cliche, you know, pain is weakness, leaving the body. And uh, pain is a good thing because it reminds you that you're still alive. Uh, and, you know, to take a, a little bit least abrasive task, it was like, yeah, pain is a good thing. It reminds you, Hey, I don't want to do that thing again. So I don't feel the pain again. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, I know it's going to be a little painful if I do it, but I need to get through it in order to get to this next thing. So, Yeah, so open up your hearts, everybody. Um, who yeah. have you been going to for your news lately? That's the other thing I thought maybe we could touch on. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Like, I feel like it's very hard to find good news sources, especially alternative news sources. Uh, what, are, what are your top five go-to? They don't have to be uh, set in stone, so nobody gets offended. <laughs> uh well all of the uh the podcasts uh that i listen to um you know free man beyond the wall with uh pete quinones uh jim bovard um anything at the uh, libertarian institute with uh, scott horton and then that that's all good stuff james corbett is a wealth of knowledge as well um I never you know, knew then, about James Corbett. I mean, I had seen him at some events and everybody acted like he was a big deal. And I said, I don't know who this guy is. So <laughs> I didn't care. But then I watched his thing. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. And I didn't realize that he was as respected as he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If if there's anybody that, 
can do all the research and come together with a uh, with a good story to tell because that when you watch his uh, you know century of enslavement and uh, the oligarchs uh, one of the last little thing that he did uh, about the oil money uh, championing um, environmental causes as a means of controlling it uh, you know he's well researched well spoken and uh, there yeah there's a reason why he's well respected is because you know he's a trusted source and he, he doesn't put up with fools too lightly either I've noticed so if somebody comes at him with uh, some kind of uh, freak claim or spurious claim he's he's pretty quick to shut it down he's gonna say no, that's not correct because of this, this, and this. And here's all of the documentation to go with it. You know, that's he. he if anybody hasn't listened to James Corbett yet, they they need to. He's he's a great guy. Well, well, I'm I'm glad I'm kind of spending my time on that uh, kind of educational angle. I mean, you can't really take too much of that information in, right? I mean, watching the Oklahoma bombing thing, geez, Louise, that was depressing. And it's also very overwhelming. You know, one of the guys who kind of was on the was on the case it was this police officer and he was found very brutally murdered and it was very obvious that he had been killed by some kind of government agency but i mean he was tortured to death and then when you hear about that you say holy cannoli this is no joke and that's what i just feel like it's a constant reminder these days that like wow this is really happening oh my gosh this is a big deal uh yeah, because, the you know, if you're in your house, you're like, oh, I'm just hanging out, you're cooking, yeah. <laughs> doing your thing. So, Yeah, I think if people heard the story of Terrence Yankee, they would be like, oh, that sounds like a really awesome spy movie. What's going on with that? He was like, no, that was a real thing that actually happened. Yeah. That, that one boggles the mind. You know, how can somebody, you know, shoot themselves and slash their wrist and then walk 100 yards? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very scary stuff. But, you know, that, you know, actually those Clinton ones right those i i didn't think that i would believe that either but then you oh. watch the clinton documentaries about how many people they murdered and you're like well yeah yeah it sounds about right i mean there's so much evidence and you hear the people talking and you say to yourself yeah that sounds sounds accurate and then everybody yeah. in our group is maligned but yeah, i don't know course. maybe there'll be more of us that are that are joining the revolution uh, that's the goal uh, i see more new faces every day so that's one thing to look up for but uh, I think that'll do it. Tatiana, do you have any uh, plugs that you want to drop? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, if people want to listen to my relationship show, uh, it's called proofoflovecast.com. And uh, me and my co-hosts, we talk about, you know, emotional development, relationship, sex, um, I don't know, alcoholism, tantra. I don't know. We talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And then there's the Tatiana show. And then if people want to check out my music, they can go to tatianamorose.com. Oh, wait, I've got a whole bunch of upcoming performances. So, yeah, people can go and check it out on there, too. Yes, I definitely recommend it, especially Proof of Love. Even as a married guy, that's a uh, it's a great, uh, great podcast to listen to. Well, we focus we want to like help married people, too. And we want to kind of encourage people to get married because I don't think people are very happy being single. No, not very happy being single and not very happy being married sometimes too. But uh, Exactly. So that's why it's like a good way to start the conversation, but with people that are a little bit freedom-minded and not just, you know, the robot people telling you, you got to catch your man like this, you know, whatever weird (laughs) thing they come up with on the cover of Cosmo. Um, But thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, no problem at all. It's uh, one to check off on my bucket list. I've got a whole bunch of uh, names that I... I'm I'm kind of like the uh, the Pokemon uh, trainer from 
for a libertarian <laughs> podcaster. So I got to catch them all. So very cool. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I look forward to sharing this with my audience too. And uh, I hope to see each other in person one day. Maybe we could do, do another one of these. Uh, well, you know, there is something coming up next month in Texas called National Convention. And as a side, we have Childerberg going on at the same time. What's Childerberg? Oh, it's definitely not a cult if that's what you're asking. I'm um, not. I didn't think yeah. that it was. It sounds fun. Yeah, so it's a it's a play on the the Bilderberg thing. Uh, a couple of podcasters uh, came up and said, "Well, you know, just to protest Bilderberg, I'm going to hang out in my house, drink alcohol, and I'm just going to call it Childerberg." But uh, we kind of took the idea, run with it, and uh, we had the first one last year. It was pretty good to uh, get together. We just kind of hung out next to a lake in Texas and swap stories uh talked i I recorded a couple of episodes while i was there um so it's pretty good but this next one since it's going to be at the same time as national convention i think it's going to be pretty big because allegedly the state of texas is coming out of quarantine at the end of the month but we'll see but uh yeah it's a where is it where is Uh, it in uh in austin yeah it's going to be in austin at the emma long metropolitan park may 23rd to the 26th well, it sounds fun. I hope it actually happens. I've been meaning to come down to Texas, so maybe I'll I'll look into that. Yeah, the uh, the idea was to kind of make it like the South's version of Porkfest. Uh, that's the uh, the goal is to make it as big as that. How do you know? Who told you? <laughs> it's like the word on the streets, and I just didn't get the memo. What's going on? <laughs> well, I attended the first one, and I'm in, kind of in that little group. But uh, if you need more info on that, you can go to childerberg.com. All righty, that sounds cool. <laughs> All right, Tatiana, take it easy. Uh, have a great uh, week, and uh, we'll catch you later on the on the Twitterverse. Thanks. Take care. Bye now. All right, bye.